Welcome to Gold Star Classroom, the podcast where our panelists go back to school. I'll grade them on their answers to a variety of general knowledge and trivia questions. They don't know what I'm going to ask, and I don't know what they're going to say. The student with the highest grade at the end of today's class will win the coveted classroom prize, the Golden Banana. I'm your host and professor, Dr. Jerry Joffe. Welcome to today's episode of Gold Star Classroom, being recorded live in the ballroom at the Beachland Ballroom and Tavern in Cleveland. I'm your host and headmaster, Dr. Jerry Jaffe, and it is my pleasure to welcome today's students. Sitting on my left is comedian Michael Ivey. Hey. Hey, Michael. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing very well. And, I'm excited to do this. And so you should be. Yes. We're, we're going to learn you up. Sitting on my right... Another comedian from the Cleveland area, Mark Colella. Ex-comedian. A <laughs> comedian in Cleveland who holds the record for the most number of consecutive retirements. Yes, three. <laughs> At least three. <laughs> and sitting directly across from me from Chicago is who wants to be a millionaire winner and comedian, Chris Clem. Yes, that's me. I want the golden banana that rightfully belongs to me. Are you okay, Chris? <laughs> well, if you want that golden banana, you will have to earn it by getting the most points on a series of questions across the breadth and width of human learning. With me as your mentor, elevating and lifting you up and the entire class and all the students listening at home as I grade your answers for their correctness. Are you gentlemen ready? Ready and able. Willing. Ready as I can be. Ready. Your first question deals with uh, world geography, and I'm going to give you a year, and something interesting happened in that year, and I'll give you some more clues if you don't happen to know. It's actually approximately the year 1800 was a monumental event occurred in human history. 1800. Yes. That's an approximate year, by the way, because you know sometimes in history you can't nail dates down too specifically. Mm. But mm. approximately the year 1800, it is said that this happened. Mm. It's a tough one. Well, I've only given you a tiny, you know, mole of information. I understand that. Um, I will tell you that this, what happened in the year 1800, was followed by a similar event in 1927. Ooh. Hawaii was discovered. <laughs> the Tunguska blast. Uh, we have two good guesses on the table before I respond, Michael I'm gonna, Ivey. I'm going to go with uh, the invention of eyeglasses. Uh, all three of those answers are wrong. I will, however, give you yet another bad clue. Mm. And I'm admitting that up front. Oh, I'm just no. teasing you a little bit till we get into it a little more. 1960 is when the next in a series of events occurred. Ooh. 1800, 1927, 1960. Oh, now I'm really curious. You bet. And this has to do with geography. Uh, yes, the study of the people of the world. Ooh. Oh, phone a friend? <laughs> phone Chris Clem. He was on uh, <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Sounds more like... Uh, Go in the other room and I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. So what do you think it sounds more like, Chris? Uh, sociology or something like that. It does have to do with the peoples of the world, yes. More, it's, it's not a nation-centered topic. It is mm. more the general human population. Mm. It, uh, the world population doubled? I don't know. Um, That's in, what I was going to guess, so if it's wrong. Then. In 1927, 
the world population doubled from 1800. And the 19th, what, it doubled? Uh, exponentially grew larger? What we're counting is 1800 was the f considered the first year or the first threshold <coughs> that there were more than a billion people on Earth. Oh, okay, okay. And then each year I've said so far was the next billion. So 1927, there were 2 billion people. <coughs> 1960, there were 3 billion people. We're recording this in the year 2015. If we just use billions, round mm -hmm. numbers, how many people are in the world right now, approximately? 7.45. No, it's uh, Mark is closer. Yeah. It's seven point something something billion people. You are correct. Wow. Eight billion will be the next threshold. See, when you quit comedy, you start reading and <laughs> finding out what's going on with the world. I miss books. It is, um, we have estimates for when we'll reach eight, nine, and ten billion. Uh, we'll reach eight billion uh, perhaps around the year 2025 and 10 billion by the year 2083. Seems like too many. Seems like too many. Seems like it's at least slowed down its pace. It, there have been like some eras where it got the next billion quickly and other eras where it was a little slower. It is suggested by people who study these things that um, something will happen by the year 2100, which is related to what you're saying. Hmm. So you said the pace was slowing. In the year 2100 they expect Mass extinction event? <laughs> Not mass extinction, but decline. They expect the world population to start declining. Because it won't, can't sustain itself? Um, Birth control? Fluoride in the water? <laughs> Sustainability is an interesting question. Um, and it's actually talking about population and being in the billions is leading me to a question that I actually find interesting. I hope that my, you and my students listening at home will also. And that is just the question of how much space do you need for all those people? So for example, um, I found a calculation for this. The world's population, using the round number of 7 billion, how many square space would each person get? One acre. We have a vote for one acre. I think we should colonize the sun. <laughs> oh, nobody, thought, nobody says that. And an acre on the sun was like bigger, right? It's, it's got to be better for plants. Yeah, think of all, all the photosynthesis they could do up there. Dude, watering might be an issue. The shielding would have to be pretty strong, though. Uh, right, yeah. We can get something done. Talk. People who know their uh, world science or earth science, you know approximately... How many square miles make up the Earth's total area? Maybe if I was 11, I'd remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a couple trillion. Um, well, this is in square miles, and uh, it doesn't reach the trillions. It's in the millions. Uh, it's approximately 200 million square miles to round off. But that's counting the oceans. And that's also counting like Antarctica, our other inhospitable places where there couldn't be human population. Yeah, why don't you move to the ocean, Mark? <laughs> That'd be nice. Okay. I'm a Pisces, so I'll fit Makes right sense. in. So, <laughs> if we take out the oceans and Antarctica, the density is something to the effect of 50 people um, per square kilometer which is actually quite a large amount of space. Mm -hmm. um, so in the short term, people aren't 
Like on a global scale, people aren't too concerned about resource management. That is kind of a local problem. How our country is going to handle resource management, how our cities or states going to handle resource management. But there's no feeling that the Earth as a whole can't sustain 9 or 10 billion people. It's just how do you get there successfully. We still have plenty of space in America anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, since you mentioned that, I have here a list of the 10 most populous countries. Do you know where America would be on that list? Of course, eighth. Um, it is in the top 10. You know what the population of the United States is, approximately? It's in hundreds of millions. Yeah. I'm going to say... Michael Ivey. I'm going to say fourth. You need to speak up. Fourth. I'm going to say 250 fourth. million. And uh, we have 350 million. Mark Colella? 289. <laughs> um, the United States is the third most populated country with approximately 310 million people. So you all had like good guesses, so you can divide the points up amongst yourselves for that. Sweet. Um, do you know what two countries are considered more populous? Yeah, uh, India and China. That's Correct. What I was gonna guess. India and China. I thought there was another one in there for some reason. I thought it was Pakistan. Like Brazil or Pakistan's something. Pakistan's not that big. Who's Pakistan? Uh, well, <laughs> the um, former Soviet Empire was larger than the United States, but Russia, since the breakup, uh, Russia is the ninth most populous country now. Mm. But when it was the entire USSR with all its other provinces, and you know, it had a much larger population then. Bulgaria. There, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia. Has just as many guns as our Georgia. <laughs> you are a Georgia peach. You mentioned Brazil. Brazil is the fifth most populous country. Uh, okay, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, China and India are the only two countries whose population is considered over a billion over one billion um what did you say afghanistan or pakistan or something oh he's he mark said, which did you say who's pakistan oh you said oh Uz no. is that a real place i don't even uzbekistan know uzbekistan is a real pakistan. place yeah. but pakistan is the sixth most populous country uh pakistan's is the most uh, populous <laughs> art store a lot of people don't know that but i would like to point out that pakistan is in no way a sponsor of the gold star classroom well, I, actually, I think hobby lobby is going to take them over because they're against birth control they, so they stand for something <laughs> Well, they'll have a greater population. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Eventually, <laughs> they're going to overtake Pat Kattan. <laughs> um, you know, when you see a list like this, I have the top 10 most populous countries. Some, like the ones you, many of you mentioned, like China, India, US, even Russia, Pakistan, and Brazil, are kind of the ones you'd guess. There are a couple on this list that surprised me. I don't know if you've Canada? Not Canada. No. Yeah, they're surprisingly sparse. About yeah. 30 million. I don't have the statistic in front of me, but approximately 30 million. Well, I don't know. I figure there's a big drop off after like the top six. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, after the top two, there's a big drop off because they're in the billions. But mm. all of three through eight are in the hundreds of millions. Or three through ten, the bottom eight are all in the hundreds of millions. Mexico? Let me, no, Mexico. Let me let me just tick these off my Nothing list. Nothing in north. north we said China, north. India, U.S., Brazil, Pakistan, and Russia. So there are four countries that haven't been mentioned yet. One of which I think you would guess. I have to say. Turkey. This is, this is a famously Wait, populous chicken. country as well. Oh, no. I'm going to feel like an idiot now. You are, Michael. <laughs> you are going to feel like an idiot. Is it Japan? Australia. It is Japan. Oh, yeah. I thought they were having a huge population problem. Well, um, well for one question at a time. Oh, sorry. They're okay. small, <laughs> relatively small. Japan is a the 10th most populous country huh. with over 125 million people. Hmm. They are currently, in the year 2015, having a population decline. They're not is having as Fukushima? many. 
No, just no. it's actually because young people in Japan don't want to have babies or even have sex. They have a weird thing yeah, I read about culture. online where yes. the whole sex. Uh, I watched the Vice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I Vice didn't watch that, but it's probably close to the same information. They say something like surveys say that something like forty percent of Japanese young women have no interest in sex whatsoever, and by correlation, forty percent of American men who teach Japan in teach English in Japan have moved back to their home country. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey oh. Thank you. Thank you. I imagine just the dude walking around. Hey, you interested in sex? <laughs> no. All right. Put her nose in no. I only ask. I feel this. bad for anybody who invested in the capsule hotel boom. It's <laughs> rough. It's rough. Chris, Michael, and and um, Mark. They have a related phenomenon to this in Japan. I'll tell you the Japanese word and you'll know what it means. You know the, what the hikikomori are? Yeah. Don't say yeah, say what the answer is, Michael oh, Ivey. Okay, the hikikomori is a person who basically is a shut-in, uh, more or less. And you win today's nerd prize. Oh. Nerd! Oh. Yeah. We're saying the most nerdy that? thing. I can spell it in Japanese. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you, but you don't get anything from the nerd prize. Really? I found out the hard way. <laughs> yeah. I will say that a documentary I saw on Hikikomori said there's about a million young adults. Most of them are men, but men and women, who don't come out of their bedrooms anymore. Dude. Um, wow. They just play video games and go online, and they live at home and their parents feed them. That's a life. That's I mean, like I, yeah, yeah, honestly, if you're, if <laughs> being a hermit is much more desirable now than it was 50 years ago. Yeah, now that you have the Xbox and you don't have to live in a cave, it's yeah. pretty sweet. <laughs> Let me just ask, because I want to give I have some closure to this topic of population and population density. There are three countries in the top ten we haven't mentioned. I'll give each one more chance at a guess. England. No. Mm. Australia. No. Also uh, similar to Canada, not really that large of a population. I'm going to say Germany. Not Germany. Um, number four is Indonesia, right. 240 million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Somebody's got to make all our cheap stuff. Number seven actually surprised me the most of everyone on this list, Nigeria, 158 million. Yeah. And then Bangladesh. Uh, Bangladesh. Oh, you always yeah. overlook Bangladesh. Yes. I'm surprised there's no more European countries in there. As um, there's too small and too much uh, yeah. birth control. No. I mean, the whole continent of Europe has a prime rounding figures approximately the same population as the United States. Oh, yeah, there's only three or four hundred million people most in of the, the whole richer continent. countries. There's like a correlation, yeah. not causation, but, but it seems like there's a correlation between how much money and how the population grows. Is that is that true? There's a correlation. Yeah. Um, you still get these rural areas in India and Pakistan and Nigeria okay. and parts of the United States where people think they have to have large families. Hmm. Um, and even in the United States, there's a correlation between less affluent people tend to have larger families. We could do a case study on my family alone. <laughs> this reminds me of what Thomas Paine once said. A long habit of not thinking a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right. <laughs> now, I would like to ask you the vague feeling I, I may have insulted somebody, but nobody's quite sure, so awkward silence and... Well, if you did, it would be common sense to the person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody had to make that up. <laughs> <laughs> Plus five points for the common sense reference. <laughs> Students... <laughs> Listening at home will know that one of my favorite themes is the true history of things. Because sometimes in popular culture, people think they know the history of something, or it gets misreported in movies or the media. 
And I, want, I like to correct those misapprehensions. And so I'm going to ask you this question. How far back, we can use centuries or any way you want to start the conversation, how far back does the idea, the superstition, that Friday the 13th is unlucky go back? Okay, that is a country. I did say you could answer any way you wanted, but I thought you'd give me a time period or something. <laughs> the 1600s. Yeah, I was going to say the Middle Ages. 1600, Middle Ages, and well, Britain are right. the three current answers on the say, table. I, I want to say when the Puritans were still in Britain, so I'm going to go uh, 1651. I feel like there's much more of a collective group unconscious mind between comedians than there are people from varied <laughs> backgrounds. Because even when... We're all wrong. I think all of our initial guesses are almost in the same, same ballpark. Yes, they all think alike. Um, well, first of all, the, the trick to this question, if you will, is that if you go back into the types of time periods you're talking about, which is, say, hundreds of years ago, centuries ago, the number 13 was considered unlucky. Hmm. And even sometimes Fridays were considered unlucky. But putting them together to say Friday the 13th is unlucky is a 20th century phenomenon. It wasn't until huh. the movie came out. You're, you're, not, you're not completely wrong, though before the movie Friday the 13th, there was a book called Friday, a novel called Friday the 13th. Um, I'm going to say anyone ever heard of this novel? It comes from 1907. And it was actually a, a kind of um, Wall Street espionage book about a broker trying to cause a crash. And the book was called Friday the 13th. Just for my students listening at home, I'll tell you the author of said book is Thomas Lawson, wrote Friday the 13th. Should have been called Wait a Few Years. <laughs> well, the book sold out after only 28,000 copies. We, have a, we had a high five between students just then. Um, does not make good podcast radio. <laughs> um, and by the 1920s, the idea of Friday the 13th being unlucky was established in American popular culture, but primarily due to the popularity of this one book from 1907. When do you think uh, the murder, uh, the Jason's mom being the murder in the first Friday the 13th <laughs> got conflated with everybody thinking the Jason hockey mask was the killer in all of them? It's a great question, because I will say, I bet you might be the same boat, Chris. I saw the original Friday the 13th in the cinema. I did not see it in the cinema. I, I'm just it's old enough. A little enough. before my time. I've, well, I'm a little, little older than Chris. I have seen Christmas. the original multiple times. And, um, which is also to say, I also saw it in the context of there were no sequels and no other, like, mythology about it. Yeah. So I was disappointed, because I, I always saw the hockey mask at the all the videos at Blockbuster or wherever, yes. local video store, and then I finally saw the first one, and the mom is the one that killed everybody. And Spoiler alert for a 35-year-old movie. Yeah. <laughs> for everyone under the age of 46, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, it, watching the film as a teenager and who liked horror films, it was a great twist. Yeah. I mean, we sort of, and then it had like the epilogue twist oh, that comes jumped, after that, yeah, too, yeah. which really scared the bejeebies out of me. That I can tell is, you. The, that got me, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, okay. <laughs> honestly. Well, we, we did reveal who the killer was, but we didn't say specifically what the final Ooh. twist was in the okay. episode. Okay. All right. So check it out. I can't vouch for all of them because I'm not a huge fan, but I do think no. the first one is still pretty suspenseful. Okay. 
Yeah, I think it's legitimately suspenseful, and it's also a Tom Savini special, early oh, yeah. special effects movie. So for the period, it has great sort of horror movie special effects. Um, returning from that digression, I have two other questions related to the superstitions around Friday the 13th. As I did say, the number 13 has been considered unlucky, at least going back to 1300s, 1400s. There's actually a specific legend, probably not true, but often well known, about why the number 13 is considered unlucky. It was the 13th apostle and he was evil? Uh, that story does get repeated sometimes, I'll give you that. Um, any, I want to hear any? This, I'll tell you, this was introduced to me as Friday the 13th bad reputation is sometimes dated to October 13, 1307. Hmm. Um, but this is a kind of a revisionist history story. There's no way that this story, not only is it probably not true as a legend, but it also did not make Friday the 13th unlucky in the 1300s and 1400s. Uh, there was a Knight Templar who was arrested by a king of France and executed. And the strange thing about that is he, uh, Friday the 13th was supposedly the day he was arrested but not the day he was executed. <laughs> so for, that's why the story is clearly sort of twisted like backwards to try to make it fit the legend. I do want to ask one other question. And for me, um, who enjoys uh, science and accurate history, I do want to ask, have you heard of the 13 Club? No. Correct. Five points to Mark Colella. <laughs> doesn't exist, right? I've heard of the, the Penn 15 Club. That's a grade school thing where if somebody says, let me put you in the Pen 15 Club, and they write it, and it looks like it says penis on your hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nobody good. Did that in middle school? Or well, well, give me your hand, and I'll give you 15 points. <laughs> <laughs> if I gets me that golden banana. I used to write boobs in my calculator. That's about all I did. Yeah. 5,805. Eight. 5,808. Good luck. Good luck yeah. number. Um... Does anyone know, this is a person associated with the 13 Club. This is an obscure person from history, but does anyone know William Fowler? Name's familiar. Really? Name actually does sound familiar. Is he related to a Bob Fowler? <laughs> he may well be. He's a U.S. Army captain who founded the 13 Club, a group of 13 men in Manhattan who were devoted to proving superstitions were false. And you might recall Chris Clam mentioning that the so-called 13th Apostle is one of the reasons why people think the number 13 is unlucky. So it was considered by some superstitious people of the era unlucky to dine with 13 people at the table. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you know that many people and you're all going out together, I guess Dude, yeah. you can afford to cut one loose. <laughs> yeah. um, so they would get together and have dinner with 13 people to show they weren't superstitious. And they would do other like debunking activities as a club. Hmm. Is this is going to be really weird tangent? But what year was that? My the description I found of it it simply said mid nineteenth century. Because there is so late eighteen hundreds. There is a Batman comic from the fifties where there's this group of thirteen guys who are like death defiers, and they like uh, <laughs> basically to prove all these things are like mm -hmm. false. And I wonder if that was like oh, yeah. common knowledge and based on It's got to be based on that. Yeah. I haven't heard that, but I do want to say, you now make me regret giving the nerd prize to Michael Ivey because <laughs> clearly you should get the nerd That's prize for that nerd. reference. I don't know about that. 
I know, bringing up obscure Batman facts definitely qualifies someone for a special nerd prize. Um, I will say the 1300, the 13 Club was quite was famous in its day. At its height, it had five different U.S. presidents. Okay. Huh. Well, were, that, make, were that makes sense because uh, if I remember correctly, there was a fake uh, Teddy Roosevelt in the group in the Batman. Comic. <laughs> now I'm. It was super like curious. from the late fi late 50s when they did all science fiction stuff. Right. No, like super villain stories because superheroes were passe. Right. Um. I can't imagine any of the last five presidents being in a skeptics club. <laughs> oh, uh, no. I um, sometimes Mark Colella, people say I'm a little bit too strict and harsh as a teacher, and that I need to work on building up my student's self-esteem. So for that purpose, I have here in my hand a list of 101 random ways to praise a student, and I just wanted to tell you guys, super work. Wow. Making your way down that list. What are you going to do when you use the whole list up? I'll start over at the top. All right. <laughs> they still count as compliments. Plus, no one's going to listen to 202 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> what episode are you on? Does, um, those guys these are released out of chronological order, but yesterday we just released our season two finale, which is the 40th episode we've released. Wow. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you one other question, and um, this is going to take us to the worlds of sport and human... Uh, possibilities because I found myself wondering recently and so I looked it up how fast can people go mm. and so I've looked up the four most common running events and I have the current world records for all four of those events um, I will say I didn't I did not list the names of the holders because that wasn't my question my question was just how fast can people go uh, all four of these record holders are men um, but again, I'm not really interested in the gender issue. I just like the human beings. How fast can they go? 27 miles per hour. No. I'm what is the record for the 100 meter dash? Uh, it's very close to nine seconds. What do you think, Mark or Michael? It might be under a little bit. Eight and a half seconds. That was both, right? Where did I come up with that? Again, I did not note any the names of any of these record holders. I, I simply think it's have still Bolt is yeah the record holder. I'm gonna say 8.5. Um, Chris Clem was closest. It's 9.5. Ah. Uh, so I get 9.5 points for Chris Clem. Nice. Um, how about the men's? Well, because the fastest record happens to be men. So for the 5K, which is also approximately 3.1 miles. What's the world record for the 5K? <laughs> I'm afraid to guess. 11, 11 minutes. We have a guess for 11 minutes. I'm going to say uh, nine and a half minutes. Mark Colella says nine and a half minutes. One dollar. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, classic answer. Say Britain again. I dare you. Just say Britain again. <laughs> Hikiko Mori. Um, <laughs> you get five Japanese points for the reference, All for right. the callback. Go points. Get it? All right. Yes, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a Japanese-speaking joke. Yeah. That's where the name Atari came from, that game. After Go. the game oh. of Go. So I got, really? Now you get Go points as well. Oh, man, you're out-nerding oh, me at every point. Actually, besides <laughs> listeners in the United States, Japan is the second most common country that listens to this podcast. What? Awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of shut-ins there. No offense. Well, day. Can we get me shut-ins? 
Uh, 12 minutes, 37 seconds. Yeah, wow. So Chris was close, wow. but 12 minutes, 37 seconds. Of course, the big race for you runners is the marathon. What's the current world record for a marathon? 26 miles. Huh? Four hours. No, there's under four hours is a good time. Yes, uh, for, a great for, time. For, yeah. yeah, but for normal people as well. The record is way under four hours. Yeah. I guess I'm giving you a hint. Hmm. I, yeah, that's a, for, if you do a four hour, under four hour marathon, you're just some person who got off your couch and started training, that's good. So yes. it's not four hours. <laughs> I'm going to say two hours and three minutes. That's unsustainable. <laughs> oh I can stretch the imagination. You got to push it through the flash. <laughs> the correct answer is two hours and three minutes, gold star oh, for Mark Colola. Yeah. Is right that what there. I said, or is that what I... No, that's what you said. Oh, yeah. Gold right. star I'm Mark Colella. I did the math in my head. I doubted humankind. <laughs> I took the 5K answer well, and I multiplied it. But that is the uh, question, isn't it, of the human endurance. Like, these are the fastest people on Earth as of today. Yeah. Now, it is no longer an Olympic or world event, but it is a distance of historical importance. So it's the one race that is still run using the British system, and that is the mile. Hmm. What is the current record for the mile? Hint, uh, the answer is in minutes. <laughs> I, I'm going to say 5.30. For the mile? Yeah. No. I don't know any of these Because it was a big deal when Hillary <laughs> broke the four-minute mile. So. Oh, four minutes. I thought it was five or six minutes for some um, reason. I'm going to change my three answer. Minutes, Hillary like who? That. Well, I'm about to Sir ask Edmund you. Hillary? Minus Nerd alert. 10 no, that's the, Everest that's the guy points. Everest, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you I have anticipated like, my next question, is <laughs> I'm going to ask who the first sub it's, four. Uh, what's his, I don't remember his first name. We'll get to that in a second. Four minutes, 40 seconds. Three minutes, six seconds. No looking up things on your phone, Chris. I'm going to send you to the I'm principal's not, I'm office. I'm not looking it up, <laughs> What do you got, Michael Ivey? All right, so after all that debating, I am going to say three minutes and nine seconds. What'd you say again, Chris? You said three minutes something, didn't Six you? Six seconds. Six. Three minutes, 43 seconds is the current record in the mile. Breaking the four-minute mile was an important historical event. Um, and it was accomplished in the 50s, in May of 1954, by famous Englishman, who this definitely sounds like a superhero's normal name or alias. <laughs> Roger Bannister. Bannister, oh, yeah. Was he in the movie Chariots of Fire? No. I'm glad you asked that because that, that was actually um, <laughs> something I had to look up to make sure as well. The movie Chariots of Fire is about some British distance runners, but it wasn't about the breaking of the four-minute mile. It does have, however, the greatest modern classical theme music. Is it about breaking wind? <laughs> it is not about breaking wind. Boo. Is that your first fart joke on this <laughs> podcast? And I've been out of the <laughs> you know, people were training for years to break that, and then a couple of months after he broke it, someone else broke it again. So it was the people were like pushing to break this record. His time was three minutes fifty nine point four seconds. Um, but actually, when he, as soon as the announcer read three, the word three, like cheers broke out. So nobody actually knew what the record was at that time. Just that he had broken the four minute mark. Excellent. All right, so that's a little bit of information on human speed and endurance. It's now time for me to tally up your scores. But before I do so, I'm going to give you all one more chance to improve your score via extra credit. So I'm going to bring up a topic, and you each get a chance to say some fact, factoid, or interesting point that you know 
about the topic. And today's topic is vampires. Oh, man. Uh, Nosferatu was a famous vampire movie. I think that was Bela Lugosi. Am I right? Am I wrong with that? It's completely wrong. Oh, okay. But um, I know that's a Nosferatu was... Bela Lugosi was Dracula. Was Dracula. Max yes. Shrek. Max Shrek. Five Max points Shrek. for... Nice. Mark Colella. What character in uh, which Batman movie there's a character named Max Shrek? No idea. Batman Returns. <laughs> That's not my trivia. The, um, there's a reason why Nosferatu, the movie, was called Nosferatu and not Dracula. It's uh, German for... It was a German film. Um, nope. That's not the right direction. It's okay. because they were made, they made an adaptation of the novel Dracula without getting the permission of ah. the Bram Stoker estate, ah. so they weren't allowed to use the word Dracula. Hmm. Okay, my trivia is that in 1998, the movie Blade was released, which was the first commercially successful movie based on a Marvel Comics character, which in Blade is a vampire hunter, and the movie series itself was much more popular than the obscure comic character from the tomb of Dracula in the 1970s ever was. And in the comics, he wears a bright green and brown <laughs> costume at first, but ever since that, he's appeared in all black leather <laughs> after the popularity of the Wesley Snipes movie. And it directly led to the movie X-Men getting green lit by Fox, who had the property before New Line had Blade, because they saw how successful it was, and is also why they have all black leather in the X-Men movie. I will. Um, excellent rundown. The, the abacus is going in your direction right now. <laughs> it's at a very high bar. I, I also want, just wanted to add personally that when you started that monologue and you said it was the first commercially successful, I thought the rest of that sentence was going to be Wesley Snipes' movie. No, it's not. <laughs> Come on. Uh, the Major League was uh, made its money back in a small yeah. profit. That was his first one. And then you're, you're talking... Trash about terminal velocity? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Mark Colella, any vampire trivia? Yeah, in the story of my life, Chris Clem will be played in a Dracula costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That, that is worth 10 bonus Bella Lugosi <laughs> points right there. All um, right. I do know that Count Chocula is the only vampire-based cereal uh, in the U.S., <laughs> You uh, had your chance, Michael Ivey. <laughs> that's like Minus five points for double dipping. It's made, oh. in, made with pure blood. <laughs> that was, that's day. the rumor that Jägermeister is. <laughs> is that true? I don't think it's actually true, but that's what we thought growing up. I think they stopped doing it. I think it was it true. might have been originally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why there's a deer's head on it. A deer head. In well, with your um, final scores of seven, eight, and nine, Ooh. I thought that... Uh, Michael Ivey's nerdosity, or nerditude, was going to loop this for you and lasso you a golden banana. But after Chris Clem's extra credit monologue, nobody's topping that. Yes. So the winner of today's golden banana is Chris Clem. Bravo, sir. Now if this one gets Bravo. released, then I finally got a golden banana. <laughs> it only remains for me, your host, to thank you, my students, Mark Colella. Bye, Japanese listeners. <laughs> Michael Ivey. Bye, Japanese listeners. <laughs> and Chris Clem. Bye, Japanese listeners. Watch out for Godzilla. <laughs> and this remains for me, your host, to say sayonara. Sayonara! <laughs> Gold Star Classroom is written and produced by Jerry Jaffe. Our producer and engineer is Stephen Gutierrez. Original music composed and produced by Jeff Geddert. Mr. Geddert is also our assistant producer. All commentary and opinions expressed by guests of Gold Star Classroom are meant for entertainment purposes only. 
For Bill Star Classroom, I'm Jerry Jaffe.